Hello, Film Strippers. Welcome to another edition of Film Strippers Podcast, the podcast where we talk anything and everything movie-related. My name is Chris, and as always, I'm joined here by my lovely host, Austin Burke. How you doing today, Austin? Well, hello, Chris. I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to be back. It's been a while, but you know, things have been busy. Uh, my October was crazy. My November was just calming down, and now we're getting into December, almost to the end of the year, man. I, I, I can't believe that. It's crazy. Yeah, great, crazy how much time flies, but it's good to have you, Austin. We know you went through some family stuff. We're sorry for your loss, buddy, but we're happy to have you back. And we could talk some movie stuff here. Plenty of stuff to talk about. But also, guys, just a reminder, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. Everything is updated there. Be sure to give us some reviews there. It helps us out. But if you can't make it to the video showing, at least subscribe to the podcast uh, on the feeds. That way you can hear the audio and get all caught up. But uh, other than that, what you, what you been up to, Austin? Anything interesting going on? Dude, just seeing uh, so many movies. I saw more movies in November than I saw any other month of the year. And it's mostly because, you know... All of the the artistic Oscar movies have been dropping, yeah. and and normally those come out, and I'm just like, eh, you know, a couple of them were good, but <laughs> this year, I mean, this is a stack. It may be my favorite year yeah. of the decade in terms of movies. I, I'm not oh, kidding, yeah. man. It's been fantastic. So I had a great November. Yeah, man, and I'm here trying to catch up with all those artsy movies, you know, I'm over here focusing on the mainstream yeah. stuff, the, the big things that are coming out, and all these great little films. Yeah. Like, I just saw Queen and Slim yesterday, and that movie wrecked me. Yeah. It was a great film. Awesome. It was really good. I recommend it. It was awesome. But, all right, getting here to the movie news and topics that have been going on since the last time we've spoken to you guys, uh, Ghostbusters. Still super looking forward to this thing. You, Austin? Yeah, but everything I've heard about it so far gets me excited. So, yeah, I think I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy when this trailer will drop. You know, I in the community got a little tip that it was supposed to be this morning. I got egg on my face because it didn't come out this morning. <laughs> and you know me, I want to look like a scoop king. I posted it on Reddit. And now the Reddit people hate me. So I apologize, <laughs> you Redditors. But other than that, it should be coming soon. It's just the time of this week has been crazy with trailers because every day has been a big trailer. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going to get talking about those in Trailer Trash. But there isn't a day where a big movie like Ghostbusters will be when it comes out next summer. Can't have a day to themselves. I mean, we had Mulan come out this morning. Either way, that trailer is set to come out anytime now. It's going to be paired up with a Jumanji movie. So it's unknown whether it'll be the Jumanji of the American release, because that comes out next week for us. But it comes out this weekend for our UK members out there. So they'll get to see it before us and maybe have the Ghostbusters trailer ahead of time. But it was uh, let out because they have the, the Ghostbusters tra trailer ready to go. They've marked it as Ghostbusters Afterlife, confirming that that is the tagline. That is the full title. They're not going to call it Ghostbusters 3, even though that's what it is. How do you feel about a title like Afterlife? I think it suits the franchise perfectly. I, I like it a lot. It gives a bit of a, a hint as to where they're going to go, but I just love the fact that they're bringing back this original cast and, and the newcomers that they have, kind of this younger crew. You think about it, and they've been doing that a lot for movies like this lately, but I, I think they've cast it well. I, I really like the people involved because, I mean, obviously the director has a very close attachment to this franchise, but I think everything is lining up for this to come out and surprise people. Not be one of those, you know, Dumb and Dumber 2, Zoolander 2s yeah. that's just capitalizing on nostalgia. No, I, I think this could genuinely be a good movie. Uh, and I think the title suits it very well. I really do. 
Yeah, because if they mess it up one more time, it's it's the potential to end up like the Terminator franchise, where they'll just keep trying every few years, and then you're just diminishing returns, mm. your brand, you're lowering its value, unfortunately. But the thing that's got me up is just Jason Reitman, man. That, that, that director, he's got great work behind yes. him, and not to mention he's also the son of the original Ghostbusters yeah. director. I mean, that's just not a gig you got because your daddy did the first one. You have to prove yourself in the industry to be given that. One funny thing, though, that came out of this. So you and me both follow discussing films. Yes. They're great at giving us the latest news and stuff. So their editor-in-chief over there uh, knows what the alternate titles were, and he thinks that they've made a good choice. So I'm going to read you the alternate titles here okay. that was given to us by discussing films that the Sony was considering. They were going to go either with uh, Ghostbusters Proton Summer. That was going to be one of them right there. I was like, okay. Uh, that sounds odd, and obviously it takes place during the summer. We have kids involved. I guess they were trying to fuse that thing with Stranger Things and kids right there, but it just that doesn't sound right yeah. to me. Proton Summer, no. yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Okay, next one, it's cliche. Uh, Ghostbusters believe. How do you feel about that? <laughs> what is this a Christian movie now? Like what, what's? Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah, but uh, that one's an odd one, and then. You're going to think I'm joking. I am not. This was seriously a title they were considering. Ghostbusters Ready to Bust. <laughs> that was a title they considered and thought to put on posters, show those kids smiling faces and say, come see Ghostbusters Ready to Bust. Dude, that, that sounds like me right after Thanksgiving dinner. Like, I, I just I can't, I can't take that seriously at all. That's ridiculous. Oh, no, man. Oh. That is that that was a crazy title, but you know, I'm happy with it. We'll get the trailer soon. Ah, this is gonna make or break it, you know. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with this because this is not a traditional Ghostbusters movie per se. This will be the most different movie we've had because these are kids. Yeah. They're, they're they're kids, you know. I don't know if they're putting on the jumpsuits and proton packs and walking around helping people around the neighborhood or what the story mm -hmm. at all is gonna be. But I'm looking forward to it. So so we'll see about that, Austin. Yeah, me too. Um. Moving on to the next thing that we're talking about here, Planet of the Apes. You like the franchise or not, Austin? Oh, Tell me that first. Well, I, the original movies, I like some of them. I dislike some of them. But the, the last three that we've gotten in the Matt Reeves trilogy, I, I think some of the best movies of the last two decades, mm -hmm. one of the best trilogies of all time. So I love where this franchise is right now. Agreed. Matt Reeves set a whole new standard for what Planet of the Apes could be. And like I said myself, I'm not even that big of a fan of the Planet of the Apes franchise before yeah. the Matt Reeves stuff. Before then, it was just like, okay, it felt kind of hokey. It's just stuff you appreciated because it was old. It, it felt kind of timeless. And it was also ingrained into our pop culture. But now, they come out and say that Disney, having their hands on Fox and all their properties, one of the first ones they want to tackle is the Planet of the Apes franchise. It made a billion dollars yeah. in total. So that's nothing to sneeze at right there. That's proof that that franchise has money behind it. But then they add director Wes Ball, who's basically only known for the Maze Runner trilogy. He directed all three of those movies. And like I said, I enjoy the first Maze Runner, mm -hmm. but then those movies started to tear off in quality for me. And maybe that just has to do with the source material. That could be the screenwriter. Uh, Directing-wise, I always felt they looked fine to me. Yes. But I just I, – I don't see how someone like West Ball, no offense, could match up to what Matt Reeves did in the series. You? I don't think he'll match what Matt Reeves did. That That's a tough task. But I don't actually oh, yeah. mind West Ball coming in because okay. I kind of agree what you said. 
the source material was kind of the downfall of the Maze Runner franchise. I liked the first movie like okay. you. I actually didn't hate the third film. The second one was one of those, eh, for me. But they still looked good, and they were still well-directed. I blame the screenplay more than I do the direction. And if Wes Ball uh-huh. is kind of handling that, and he has some good screenwriters come in, I need to know who those people are going to be before I get excited about this. But I don't mind seeing, because Matt Reeves came from a... Maze Runner's not a smaller background, but he came from a very different background than Planet of the Apes. That's true. And he really nailed that franchise. So I'm hoping that yeah, West Ball... That's what put him on the map. It, it really was, man. So this could be West Ball's coming out party, really, uh, after oh, yeah. something that appealed more towards teenagers. This is more towards a, a, a bigger, a wider, older audience. So I'm kind of excited, but I need to see who else is involved. Yeah, I need to see that as well. Not to mention, also, we don't know if this is a reboot... Or a continuation of what Fox yes. had left us off yes. with. I, I'm i going to go on the side that it, I don't think it will be a reboot. You, I don't think you can really start back up from, you know, the whole Caesar story again. Because they did it so nicely. And and apparently, you know, the Matt Reeves series was in connection to the original first ever one. That it would lead up to there, even though we didn't get there. By the end of the last movie and to where that movie is, it's like a couple hundred years apart. Yeah. You know, because you have to build up the society and... Uh, the our our cities or states have to be in complete ruins. There's room for it to be a continuation. You can follow a son, or you can follow another ape who was responsible for uh, the better growth. What's your take on that reboot or continuation? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's continuation. In what you said is perfect. You follow his son. You follow. Uh, maybe even bring back some of the other characters. You know, I, I would be completely oh, okay yeah. with that. I don't want to see Caesar back. I don't want them to miraculously bring him back to life. Oh, yeah. I spoilers. I just I want this to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want this to recapture that magic that the previous ones had and bring in the dark tone without overdoing it. Because I feel like West Ball could be a guy that takes what the the prior movies did. And just puts too much into it and tries to compensate for maybe a lack in directing skills. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that could end up happening. That could be the downfall of this new franchise. But like I said, I'm excited if they do a continuation. If they do a reboot, just don't do the Caesar story again because it's perfect. I mean, (laughs) it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. So we'll see how that goes. I'm still excited for it. It, They set a high bar and they have to try and somehow meet that. So that's exciting that they're going to try to do that. So uh, next thing on that we're going to talk about, Disney+. Plus. Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with my Disney Plus subscription. I, man, I am enjoying this so much. I went back and watched X-Men and, and the 90s Spider-Man series and just so many great things. I'm <laughs> loving Disney+. Plus right now. Is. Baby Yoda. Yes. Baby Yoda. Yes, that, that really is what I'm enjoying the most, the Mandalorian yes. out of everything. Because I think maybe the Mandalorian wasn't on there. I don't know if I'd have that big of a push. Yeah. To, to stay on Disney Plus, and they're promising more stuff here. Speaking of which, one of the things Disney's wanting to do, especially with these Fox properties that they just got handed, mm-hmm. uh, they want to do a lot of reboots or a lot of things that'll be solely on their Disney Plus platform. It was just announced today that uh, a director for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, reboot yeah. would be happening. First, what do you even think of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids getting rebooted for Disney Plus? Now, I haven't watched the original movies in a while, but they do have a bit of nostalgia, okay. especially the the original for me, because I remember growing up watching that on VHS. Those were the days. Um, <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. This is a franchise that you know people like, but it's not like one of the all time classics. This is a franchise for me that makes sense to reboot or even do a continuation of whichever one they do. Just um, 
like I said with Planet of the Apes, try to recapture the magic. Don't just do it because it's a cash grab, and don't just do it because you know people will watch it. Do it justice, because these are very sweet, very cute, very honest movies, um, and bring back Rick Moranis. No, I'm just kidding. He will not come back, but <laughs> he will not come <laughs> oh, back. Oh, man, I wish. I know, I do too. No, if he's going to come back for anything, he better come back for Ghostbusters. <laughs> Good. I'd, rather, I'd rather see him somehow pop up for that. Okay, uh, so I just looked up who the director of this will be, and it is someone Disney... Uh, has a history with so it's a uh, Joe Johnston oh. and he directed Captain America the First Avenger yeah. and the Rocketeer. Wow, and it's pretty big. Also Jurassic Park three, which is one of my favorite Jurassic Park okay. ones. To be honest with you, I like it better than the second Ooh. one. Um, so they don't have a a bad director on their hands. And it says I'm looking up here further. Josh Gad is in talks to be the main character. So I guess he'll play the role that Rick Moranis played, the, the the scientific dad. I don't know about you. I had a lot of fun with Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Just just that world that they built and, you know, being small and these giant props, which I hope that's the route they kind of go with is make them props. If it's just kind of this green screen little CGI effect, it's not as fun. It's it's fun being in that world, yeah. especially kind of Ant-Man-ish. You, it would be funny if they get a Paul Rudd cameo in here with <laughs> You know, talking about Ant-Man and yes. all that. That'd be hilarious. But this is fine. The other things that they're looking to reboot on the platform is uh, Home Alone, which actually is already going to start shooting pretty Whoa. soon. There's been reports that it's going to – yeah, it's starting shooting already. So whatever that story will be, get Macaulay Culkin in there somehow. But they have Home Alone that's going to be on, on Disney+. Plus. They have Night at the Museum. And they're going to do Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Now, Again. out of all those, I think Diary of a Wimpy Kid has the closest chance to be a series yeah. Yeah. more than an actual movie. Um, I'm fine with this. I mean, I have to get a little more of their original content to see their flavor they're going with. Because we have to remind ourselves, Austin, even at the stuff we're surrounded by, we're adults. I know. And we like us our... Are maybe more mature content, and I think The Mandalorian definitely has been that. You know, there's there been there's been action, there's been real suspense. I started, you know, kind of sort of tearing off the High School Musical show. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's watchable. But as an adult, I find myself going, "Why am I watching this?" Mm-hmm. Like, I I I really thought I I could have gotten into it, and that it was maybe a more mature. Look at uh, some of those Disney Plus shows, but it, it, in the end, it's just kind of a different version of like your Sweet Life of Zack and Cody yes. or, you know, those shows back in the day. So it really does depend on the route they go for. If they're aiming just towards children or if this will be a case of like an adult can enjoy it as well and it's friendly enough for a child to view it. Thoughts on that, Austin? Well, I, first off, I love what you said about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with Ant-Man. It's like, utilize that technology, because that technology that they use for those movies, I mean, it exists, it's out there, and you're putting a lot of money into these. Um, Those movies being rebooted, I actually don't mind any of them. Night at the Museum makes sense. If they're doing Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I'm with you. Do not do another, because they've rebooted the movie twice. (laughs) Like, don't do another movie. Do do a series. Um, And I do want more adult comment, uh, comment, content on on Disney+. Plus. I do. (laughs) I, I want it to be, I want it to feel more like the Mandalorian. I want, uh, I want the Marvel shows to capture that, and the remaining Star Wars yeah. shows because I think those two, uh, Marvel, Lucasfilm, those are the two studios that are going to come in and make Disney Plus something that adults want to be on consistently. Uh, and then you can go back and you can revisit all of these other things, like a High School Musical, the musical, the series, 
which I, I'm I'm there with you, man. I like the first episode, but I've I've slowly just kind of veered off of the series because I'm a man, like not a man, but yeah, I want to be a man, and I can't be a man while I'm watching this. So it's like I just exactly. I feel I feel like they need to step it up just a tad bit. But I'm gonna give it time. I'm gonna remain patient. Just don't jack the prices up. Keep it where it is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 for sure. So we'll see how those Disney Plus reboots go. Out of all those so far. Home Alone for me is just what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I have no idea why. It's just maybe that nostalgia, maybe because it's Christmas time. I got my yeah, Christmas yeah, sweater yeah. on right now. I'd rather, I'd rather see the Home Alone thing. But anyways, uh, moving on from there, we had some interesting comments by Rob Battinson, as you wrote here in our yeah. notes. <laughs> that uh, Or Robert Pattinson, as we, uh, he's actually named. Uh, he is the Batman. And he was caught doing some comments calling batman not a superhero that a superhero needs magic or some sort of powers to define that now he's getting a lot of flack for this austin but if i'm being completely honest with you i don't think he meant it with ill intent i think he's just that far out of the norm from superheroism does that make sense like he doesn't seem to be the guy who's like all invested in the marvel world or these dc characters i'm sure he's doing his research for batman but I think he was just speaking on what he thought was legit. It's like, well, no, a superhero needs powers. He's not a superhero. He's a man. He, and to an essence, that's probably a good thing for him because mm-hmm. he, he probably values Batman more because he's not this superhero with all these powers. I don't know. Did you take ill will with his comments? He's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a superhero. He's a hero. But he's not a superhero. This was something that he said in passing, and I, Pattinson is a guy. Yeah. Pattinson. Pattinson is a guy that mm-hmm. he is an artistic Oscar caliber actor that does not care about comic books as much as the average guy. But now that he has this role, he's going to get invested. He's going to read the source material, and he's probably going to become a Batman fan. But he's right. Batman's oh, yeah. not a superhero. That's something that's been de- deconstructed over the years, of course. But he is a hero. I mean, he can take down the entire Justice League. But I'm kind of with him. It's like, if you're <laughs> yeah. a superhero, you have to have powers. And the guy doesn't have powers. Now, that, that begs the question, <laughs> is Iron Man a superhero because he doesn't have powers, but a suit does? I don't want to get into that. All I'm saying is the guy just said something and people are blowing up. at internet, calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, it's fine. It's exactly. Fine. I think it's fine. I mean, in other news besides that, it's gearing up to be pretty soon. The casting is full throttle. I mean, we just had John Turuto. Is that how you say his name? How do you say his name? Turuto, I think. I don't Turuto. Know. I don't know. Yeah, he's cast as, as Falcone in the movie. Um, and then we have all these other characters coming yeah. in as well. Like, I'm just excited to see something happening yeah. here. I'm, I don't know if we're going to get another. We're still left with the Penguin. We don't know exactly because... Colin Farrell is still the one they say, but Matt Reeves hasn't put out his tweet mm-hmm. where he, you know, approves. And that's kind of like the the final notice of like, okay, it's actually real. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But uh, just people just trying to find something to be angry about. Barb Panson, he's going to be fine. He didn't mean it badly. I'm sure he thinks Batman is a hero, yes. Yes. but not a superhero. Yes. I, I get it. Uh, speaking of superheroes or more super villains, Wonder Woman... Uh, 1984, that movie's coming out pretty soon next year. We're going to get a trailer by the end of this weekend because there's a Brazil Comic-Con that apparently is a big deal. I didn't know that this Brazil Comic-Con was such a big thing, but it really is. They're going to release so many trailers there. Even a new Birds of Prey trailer will come out there. Uh, They are going to show us the Wonder Woman trailer. In fact, I think some people have already seen it because I've seen some reactions online. Mm -hmm. 
at the Comic-Con, they have merchandise for the Wonder Woman movie. And one of those things was a Wonder Woman mug with Kristen Wiig's Cheetah <laughs> on it. Have you seen this thing, Austin? I have. Yes. yes. Do you have thoughts? <laughs> I, uh, you know, prior to the Cats trailer, I would have probably okay. been upset about this. Because this is, you know, it's not your comic book cheetah. But then I saw the Cats oh, yeah. trailer. And I'm okay with this. I don't mind this. Listen, it, you have to take advantage of modern technology, sure, but you also have oh, yeah. to take liberties when it comes to, you know, changing up the source material just a bit. And to see these creatures in what will be the movie known as Cats that will be coming out here in a couple of weeks that I'm just, I'm so oh, excited yeah. to see. My goodness, wonderful, wonderful. Um, <laughs> I don't want that to be in this movie. Granted... They could do more with the technology, and, and Cats is the entire thing. They could focus in on one character with this character. I'm okay with this. It it still kind of bugs my comic book brain a little bit because it's like, this doesn't really look like Cheetah, but I don't want another Cats. There's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if uh, we'll have a picture up for you guys to see or you can find it online. It's basically Kristen Wiig, blonde hair, human as ever, black shirt, uh brown jacket on her and what looks yeah. like a leopard skirt uh honestly if you saw this person at a at a club you wouldn't blink twice so it doesn't really yeah. stand out it'll really have yeah. to come down to the character they better do something unique with it maybe it's hiding in plain sight because you know a lot of us think cheetah we think someone like the cat person in the cat's trailer but like you said austin after seeing that trailer i don't think we really want that in our Catwoman movie i mean in our no. wonder woman movie my bad uh, so this will be fine. As long as the character is done well and they have an interesting story, I can look past it. I mean, take Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, for example. Ridiculous yeah. first outfit they gave him with that silver jacket, the huge goggles, and the, the white man silver hair. People were laughing at that design when it was first released. He was one of yeah. the best parts of that movie, and people yes, did not care. They're just like, that's just what he looks like. That's fine. Yep. So it, it won't matter all that much, but... We'll see how they do it in that. Moving on from there, another segment that we do here on the podcast, Trailer Trash. This is where we take the latest trailers that have come out and talk about whether we think they're treasure or trash. Because as you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, Austin. So first trailer here, No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, the final James Bond movie with Daniel Craig. I'm going to confess something to you, Austin. Okay. I have never seen one James Bond movie in my life. Real well, I, okay, that's, no, that's, not, that's not as bad as you you think it is. It never yeah. it never appealed to me. I don't know why. Uh, I guess Austin Powers was my James Bond in a way, and <laughs> also I had the Mission Impossible series. I just never gravitated towards the Mission Impossible. I mean, to towards the uh, James Bond movies, and so I see these trailers, and I have no context to what's going on and what the story holds and everything. So, unfortunately for me. I'm going to have to say trash, mm. but I, I'm acknowledging that is just because of my lack of, of knowing what's going on, and it just never catches my interest. And they, no James Bond trailer has made me go, I need to binge the, the last four or five movies yeah. to be caught up with this. So uh, to me, I, I, I could let it go. I'm sorry about that, James Bond fans. All respect in the world, just not for me. Austin? I'm a, I'm – I like the, in the same vein of Planet of the Apes, I like the modern movies a lot more than the older films. They just didn't appeal to me that much. Oh, I bet. Uh, Casino Royale is fantastic. Skyfall is awesome. Spectre, 
wasn't all that great. Um, I like this trailer. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't blown away. I saw a lot of people online that were talking about how incredible it was. I like it more for the cinematography than I do the actual construction of the trailer. I thought it was edited a bit weird. There's a lot of silent parts, um, and the music doesn't kick in when I think it needs to. But overall, story-wise, it's nice to see Bond back. You know, I like the modern James Bond quite a bit. I think Daniel Craig is a great actor. I do actually prefer him, though, in a movie like Knives Out, uh, in a movie like Logan Lucky. Mm -hmm. I like when he does uh, that kind of accent as opposed to, you know, a British accent. Regardless, well, I guess British. Yep. Uh, but regardless, I, I, I like this trailer for what it was. I hope this movie is good. But kind of like you, I mean, I've seen the modern films, but I don't have this affinity yeah. for James Bond. I much prefer Mission Impossible. And I probably prefer Austin Powers as well, honestly. But <laughs> yeah, I don't Casino know. Casino Royale is a great funner. movie, Chris. Listen, if you have not seen, I, hear. I think you can skip Spectre. I think you can uh, skip, I don't even wow. remember the name of the one between, but Casino Royale and Skyfall, those are two that I think are worth watching. And you know what I hear? And, and you just confirmed that uh, from James Bond fans, what I hear, the way this new series with Daniel Craig, it's, they go one good, one bad, one good, one bad, one yes, good. Exactly. And if that and if that trend follows, this is supposed to be a good one. Is that not? Because last one was bad. Yes. So exactly. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, that's what I've heard exactly. Is they take Casino Royale, skip that one, then Skyfall, then skip the next yes. one, and now we're on to this one. So, all right, Austin, I, I, I might take you up on that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll. I'll wait till you watch it, then you let no, me know. I will, dude. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on from that, I'm just gonna be a party pooper looking at this Mulan trailer. <laughs> So Disney continues on their live-action spree, me remaking their old cartoon movies. Mulan was one as a kid I really enjoyed. I had fun with that movie. It was funny to me. It was really action-filled. It was a different kind of story, you know, this woman taking the place of a man and trying to infiltrate just to, so she can fight. I don't know what it is, but these trailers, they're not doing anything for me. They're, they're not getting me excited. I, I can see that there's talented people behind it. There's beautiful cin cinematography. Um... Other than that, I'm just not pumped. Uh, that A lot of that might have to be because I'm one of those people. I don't know. Maybe you have that genre of movie. If I see something that takes place, I don't know, in olden times, I just automatically lock out for some reason. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, it's not it's not for me. But I'm still going to go see this. I'm still going to hope for the best. But because these trailers aren't doing anything for me, again, I will have to mark this one trash just because purpose of a trailer is to get me interested. Yeah. And I'm just not. Austin? I uh, I like this trailer. You know, I, I, I'm okay with <laughs> Mulan going... I didn't love this trailer, but I'm okay with Mulan going in a bit of a different route <laughs> than the original huh? movie. Like, it's very different. It is very different. Like, I love the original here. movie, but we've had movies that are too similar. We've had movies that are too different, and I'm talking Disney remakes. Yep. This one... <laughs> I feel like I've said this about everyone. This one could find a right balance. And I think, okay. and I think, just from a cinematography standpoint, and the way that it feels, it feels epic in a way. I think it could capture it. Now, it is one that I think could easily fall on its face, like a Dumbo did, or, or like a Malfeasant Two did. But I hope Mulan. I hope what I got from this trailer is what I get in the movie, and that's an epic feel. Now, there was a picture of her in a studio recording music. The the main actress. So. Oh. they're saying there's not going to be any music in here, but she's singing into a microphone. So I'm like, are they hiding something? Like, is, is something going to happen that we don't know about? Might, and we hear yeah. that music kicking in underneath the trailer. I, I'm not sure if I believe them when they say there's not going to be any songs. How do you feel about that, Chris? 
from what I've gotten from the trailers and everything they've said and this trying to be very different, mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be a musical song per se. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be more in the vein of it's just the song for the movie. Maybe. Where it'll be played organically somehow throughout it or some somewhere in the end. Or like kind of a cheap uh, trick. They just play it when the credits roll and then yeah. that's the song for the movie, yeah. you know. I think Disney just doesn't doesn't want to let up the chance to be nominated for best original song. You know, that, that that's kind of what they try to aim for with these remakes. Every live action remake they have that yeah. includes some music. They add a new one. They did for Aladdin. They did for mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and add some song. I don't know why. Maybe they earn more money if they get nominated for the Oscar for that. That's my guess. Yeah. So it's not going to be a musical thing. I think it's just going to see something that organically plays or is just a thing that plays at the end of the trailer and at the end of the movie. And it's like, oh, this is the song for the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think? Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, <laughs> you're definitely uh, – that's – as far as everyone knows, that's going to be the case. But I wish they would do it more yeah. like they did the Jungle Book because while there were there were a couple of musical numbers yeah, in the Jungle Book, that was Book, a perfect way. But they integrated it like Baloo's song. They just kind of do it, it was naturally. Natural. Yes, and if they do that for this movie, then I think it could work very well. Regardless, I it's another trailer that I liked, but I didn't love. No, no trailers have really okay. stood out to me so far that I've loved. Okay. Well, moving on to one that I'll finally be a nice person about. The Black Widow trailer. <laughs> uh, this one was released. It is the solo Black uh, Widow movie. This takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. Mm -hmm. So it is before Black Widow perishes in Endgame. Spoilers. Um, I was really curious to see how they would handle this, what route they would go on, because Black Widow just doesn't feel like the movie you do after you've done Endgame. Yeah. After you do Endgame, you think you just have to keep setting stakes a little higher. But, you know, this is the smaller movie, I guess, to, to set back our expectations, to reset us of, like, okay, what to expect. And there could be something hidden in here that sets us up for the future MCU that we're not aware of. But getting onto the trailer... I thought it was great. I, I loved it. David Harbour was a standout for me. I, yeah. I was curious what the Russian Captain America would look like, and they handled it perfectly with him being too fat for his suit. The action reminds me a lot of the Winter Soldier, which was some of my favorite fight scenes in the MCU. That white Black Widow suit, God, yeah. that looks fantastic. Yeah. I will say maybe they're overdoing it with the limits of what Black Widow is capable of, specifically the scene where she's jumping out of a plane and skydiving. I'm sure maybe in the context of the movie that'll make a lot more sense. Other than that, that was really my only gripe. I'm going to have to give it treasure because I, I, I enjoyed this and it's got me turned up for the Black Widow movie. Austin? I have the same issue as you. Is I, I think everything was so grounded up until that point. And I'm like, oh, we, we took it and took it up way too many notches. But we have to see that in the context of the film. Yeah, I love this trailer. I thought it was great. I mean, it really captured the tone of The Winter Soldier, which is my favorite standalone Marvel movie so far. And it feels separated from the universe, but also connected. And that's the vibe that I got from Black Widow. Now, the one concern I see going around the internet is, but she's dead. Why do we care? <laughs> Dude, my wife watched this, Madison, and she said the same thing. She's like, but she's dead. I don't care. That's what I. That's what Madison think. said. She's like, I. Don't I think care. that too. Yeah. I mean, same reason what I thought about the Han Solo movie. Mm -hmm. But continue. Yeah. On. No. No. Very, it's a very good point. It's like, but and that's the exact point I brought up with Madison. It's like, well, you like Solo, and you know, Solo's already dead. Regardless, I think this movie looks spectacular from a you know spy espionage standpoint, and it could group in with the Winter Soldier. And if that's the case, man, I, we're we're talking. 
one of the best standalone Marvel movies. So if it captures that tone and it does what it did in the trailer and David Harbour is as good as he was in the trailer, I think I'm going to love this film. So it looked really cool. It really did. Yeah. Same here. I, I agree. So I'm happy with that. And just bouncing off real quick off that point where you said, who cares? She's dead. I completely agree with you. Once mm-hmm. we know the future or the fate of a character, it also takes away the stakes of the movie because it's like obviously she makes it out to continue on to the yeah. next movie and do all that. The only thing I can think about that it's like this would make it worth watching is something happens where it sets off another character or there's a domino effect that will affect the future MCU where this story is important to tell. We don't know what happens to Taskmaster at the end of this, what happens to uh, the Red Guardian, David Harbour's character, or maybe like some people are pointing out, there's a class of Black Widows. One of them could take up the mantle of Scarlett Johansson, you know, and continue on. So hopefully they do something like that, but if it's an inconsequential story that doesn't add to the universe, it is kind of like, why did I watch this? good point, man. So, yeah. Uh, Last trailer we have here, a Disney Plus movie that'll be coming on the service uh, december 20th togo i don't know why when i look at that i just think of bogo buy one get one free maybe it's all this christmas shopping we've been having to do but that's what i think about it's uh the william defoe movie that has to do with a uh, sled dog in the winter time i don't know if you know this austin if you go to disney plus there is like a whole section of these winter sled dog movies that disney has done over the years there's one with paul walker yeah. there's one with cuba gooding jr and now there's gonna be one with william defoe it's like this is a category of Disney yeah. movies. It's like winter dog sledding movies. They make us the money. This is what I meant earlier when I said I have to see what else Disney is bringing on as original mm-hmm. content to make me think, do I want to keep the subscription after The Mandalorian or whatever is next? And as a dog person, it definitely pulled at my heartstrings. Yeah. I, I looked at this trailer and I was like, oh, man, don't kill that dog. Mm-hmm. Don't Nothing bad happened to that dog. And from the looks of the movie, it looks like it's – you know following the story of this dog from puppy to they said it it's 12 years old i'm like whoa that's a big time jump so i'll give it treasure for now but i understand why this ended up on disney plus instead of getting a theatrical release because i don't think this movie at all would have survived it would have had to have been a january movie like those dogs purpose movies have been doing the last couple years you know they have a dog's journey a dog's purpose or a dog's way whatever that's literally that series of movies they've been doing so I'll give it treasure just because it looks heartfelt enough for me to watch it. And Disney Plus, I'm still trying to get the idea of the standard of what their quality of filmmaking mm-hmm. is. Uh, Austin? Yeah, I'm um, I'm definitely in agreement with the fact that it looks like a... And here's what I like about it. It looks like a darker, cute doggy movie as opposed to like a dog's yeah, purpose. Yeah, definitely. And, and the Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes. one, which was completely just ridiculous, man. I think oh, I yeah. think this one has a nice, a nice more <laughs> adult tone, something that's going to pull on the heartstrings of course as a you know we're both dog owners my dog's about the same age as the dog in the movie yeah. so it's like oh it's, it's an old dog you know stuff like that's cute <laughs> but i think what really won this trailer for me is willem dafoe i think willem dafoe is is captivating oh, yeah. he's just a guy that i love watching whether it's something crazy like the lighthouse or or when he screams avenge me in spider-man there are just so many <laughs> iconic willem dafoe moments and i love the guy yeah, so there really is pulled me in i'm gonna give it a, i'm gonna give it a treasure for now but um I'm not expecting it to blow me away. I'll put it like that. Yeah, yeah. me neither. So we'll see. Um, I mean, Netflix right now is trying to up their game with their original content. I mean, they had the Irishman come out. But I think for every Irishman, we get like 10. What was that one movie called with Sam Worthington? Fracture? Oh, you know? Or Titan. It's like they're, 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 it's still 
you know, it's still kind of a balance of what comes out on net on Netflix <laughs> and Disney. You don't want to get on that. You know, every other movie's good. You know, <laughs> you want to set a good track record. So we'll see how that goes. I'm definitely gonna watch Me it. Too. But uh, moving on to the, our final topic here that we're gonna talk about. It's the end of the year. We're closing out. It's time to look forward to the next year of movies. Hopefully, we're around for all yeah. of them. But I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about the movies that will be coming out in 2020, specifically the comic book movies. And we're just going to talk about what we think they will rank either in critical reception, yes. box office, maybe one-hit wonders like Joker. Because I think if we look back last year and we knew Joker was coming out, we would have said, I think it'll do fine. Mm-hmm. It'll do okay. <laughs> I don't think any of us predicted the billion-dollar no. marker phenomenon that this movie was. No. So. Let's go ahead and take a look at some here. I have it pulled up as a list. If that, if my list is missing one, Austin, you let me know. But this is in order of release, okay? okay? Yeah. So, uh, first one we have here, it'll be in February. February 7th, which is actually my significant other's birthday. Aww. Love you, Ashley. Nice. <laughs> um, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous and Miss... And, and the... But the <laughs> I can't even say that title. <laughs> Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. God, that title. Yeah. So, the Birds of Prey movie, this has been confirmed to be rated R, correct, Austin, yes. or no? Yes. Yes, okay. I'm excited for it. I, I love uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. The trailers actually surprised me that it looks interesting. Yeah. Who is the other girl who plays Huntress? Um, her name is slipping Mary my mind Elizabeth right now. Winstead. Elizabeth Winston. Yes. yes, I absolutely love yes. her. Uh, so, I'm happy and I'm excited to see this. First, let's start off with your anticipation. Then tell me what you think critically, audience-wise, will you do it? And then box office, if you can remember that. If not, that's okay. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I am. Uh, we were with each other actually okay. when we watched this trailer, and I. Um, yes. I was pretty blown we away did. by it, man. You know, it's not one of the so best trailers of the year, but I was like, yeah, this is really good. Oh no! Was, box yeah. office-wise, I I think it will do well. I think it could crack 500 million dollars worldwide i do but i don't see it coming anywhere near a joker even though harley quinn is a huge character right um and there are some pretty yeah. high level characters in there i don't think she has that staying power now the one thing that could get it to suicide squad numbers around 700 to 800 million is the fact that it's coming out in february and it will not have a lot of competition that's what could oh, do no. it. That's what could do it, but I don't see it hitting a billion. Critically, I see it um, maybe in the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes. I do see it doing well. I think audiences okay. will like it, maybe 70s, 80s. I don't think it's going to be Oscar quality, uh, as some are saying, for the Joker, oh, no. but I do think it's going yeah. to do well, and I think this is going to be one of the one of the few DCEU movies that resonates, sticks around, does well both box office-wise and critically. So, yeah, this is one I think will do pretty well. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, on my end, yeah, anticipation. I'm excited for. I'm looking forward to what they do because, like I said, when we watched that trailer together, it surprised me. It looked yes. good. Um, box office wise, I don't know. I, I I always get to wondering what the general audience who makes up most of the ticket revenue, mm-hmm. uh, if they will just be tricked into thinking, oh, well, the Joker was great, and this is the Joker's girlfriend. Yeah. It's also rated R. Yeah. I just don't know if maybe there'll be enough people to that that will make that connection and then run out to see it. The, old, the other thing that pulls me back that's like, oh, I can't expect that much success, Charlie's Angels. That was a mainly female cast, a female action movie. No offense to the Angels or the female action movies out there, but it's it's kind of our only proof right now that a female-led action movie doesn't always perform the way you'd like it to. But then again, you have Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. that kind of outprove that. But that's, you know, those are, those are top-level heroes. Harley Quinn... 
I'm gonna say it does it does well enough, especially because of the non-competition. Unless Sonic the Hedgehog just blows it out of the water the next week, because that what comes out the next week after that. Critical reception from the trailers. It looks. I think this movie just has to be fun. I don't think people are expecting a magnificent story, yes. an Oscar-worthy story. As long as people laugh and are entertained by the action, I think we're gonna get that nice critical reception. So I agree with you there, mm-hmm. Austin. All right, the next one on here, Bloodshot. This is the Vin Diesel movie that'll be coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, the trailer that was, I don't even know what that trailer yeah. was. Yeah. It's a comic book movie. Uh, gave away basically the whole plot and twists and turns in that trailer. Don't know why you would do that. Comes out February 21st. I'll go first. Uh, anticipation, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it that much. Uh, outside of the Fast and Furious franchise, Vin Diesel just hasn't always captured my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tried even enjoying the Triple X movies. They're all right. His Riddick movies, I can't get into. Mm-hmm. This, to me, it, it got me like the first 30 seconds in the trailer but then it just continued to reveal and reveal and reveal, and it feels like I'm, I just know what's going to happen, and it's going to be kind of like a, a checkbox movie where I'm just like, okay, that happened, yeah. now that happened, yeah. and now it's going to end. Um, box office-wise, I think it, it's not going to perform well. I think it's going to do modestly. I, I think at most it'll break even. I don't know if it's going to make a profit, if that makes any sense. I think it'll probably just make enough to make back what they had to make it because it's an action comic book movie, and Vin Diesel still kind of a big name with fast and the furious uh reception wise i am expecting people not to like this yeah <laughs> i i think we're gonna get a low rotten number on this one those are my thoughts bloodshot austin what do you think uh this is the the Hellboy of 2020 unfortunately this movie is there you go i don't think it's going to perform well at the box office i'll be shocked if it makes its budget back i'll be shocked if it gets above a 40 on rotten tomatoes and uh, I am not looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, I forgot this came out next year until you reminded me just now. So thank you, Chris. I will be seeing this, yeah. um, but I will um, I will probably be one of the only ones seeing it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really feel like it's going to work for me. Yeah, no, that's all. I I don't think so. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, here we go, Austin. Now next we are here. Sorry, this is kind of an old list. It had Gambit as next, but I'm like, that's oh, not coming yeah. out. <laughs> and then we had the untitled DC movie. That's not happening yeah. either. All right, the next one, May first, uh, 2020. We have ourselves Black yes. Widow. We were just talking about this. Yes. Now this is a little trickier. I'll let you go first since I went first last, Austin. The Black Widow movie, May 2020. What do you think? I uh, I, I think this one's going to perform well i expect it to do maybe a bit better than the harley quinn film just because it's in the the marvel cinematic universe so i'm gonna say maybe maybe ant-man numbers box office wise probably a bit above that um and i i think it's going to do well critically i think uh, once again i think it's going to go 70s 80s maybe rotten tomatoes i think the audiences are going to respond to it my anticipation level is pretty high after that trailer I, I don't think it's going to blow anyone away with its performance anywhere. I don't see it in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I don't see it making $800, $900 million at the box office. Um, but I do think it could get close to that. The most money I see this making is Winter Soldier numbers. And I believe Winter Soldier was in the $700 okay. million range. So if it performs well in all of these other aspects, I think it could top out around $800 million. And that's such a big win for Marvel and the director, Kate Shortland. So I think this movie's going to do very well. How about you? Hey, okay, yes. So I am excited for this, obviously, like we talked about with uh, the trailer and stuff. Um, 
Box office, that, that's funny to me that you say Ant-Man numbers, but when I get to thinking about it, it might be that case for it, just yeah. because it's one of the lesser-known heroes. I think it's it's still big. I think it's a little unrealistic to expect Captain Marvel Wonder Woman numbers yeah. from it, even mm-hmm. though maybe that's what it could make. It could be a little surprise for us that the audience is just there because this is one of those female characters, thank goodness, that there isn't that much toxic fandom around. You know what I mean? When yeah. Captain Marvel was coming out and all that, you know, people were getting upset. Black Widow's kind of like the Sarah Connor of the Marvel franchise, you know, where it's like she just gets a pass because she's badass. So I think for that reason, it'll make good numbers, but uh, I don't expect them to, to make a trilogy out of this. This might be a one-stand thing, with you. And, and the numbers will, will probably be above Ant-Man, maybe Ant-Man 2 numbers, yeah. uh, if I believe that was bigger than the first one. So that's what I think there. Critical reception-wise, I think this has to be received well because if they're going to do a Black Widow movie, they have to focus on their story. And especially being like a thriller, spy espionage, you know they put a lot into the story. So I think it's going to get a good uh, maybe 80 or above reception Mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, What was the last thing I talked about? (laughs) I already said box office. Okay, that was it for that. Uh, So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Now, one I skipped, Austin, here that stumbled me when I was looking through... Uh, we still have New Mutants scheduled for April 3rd, 2020. <laughs> Is that still happening, or we're not sure? <laughs> well, they say it's happening, but they've been saying that for two years, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> for that sake, I think I'm going to skip it for now. Yeah. I think we know. it. Unfortunately, I think it'll tank even the curiosity maybe, of people to go see so. it. I'm not that excited anymore since it doesn't affect the overall future of the Mutants. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be like a Dark Phoenix situation, honestly. But, all right, uh, moving on from there after that, another female character getting her movie, Wonder Woman 1984, yes. June 5th. This right now is kind of weird because we don't know. There's been strange talks. They say it's not a sequel to the Wonder Woman movie, even though it has the same characters, even bringing back Steve Trevor somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be a slight little reboot in a way where they just ignore the previous events to set up the new uh, DCU that they've had going on. I'm excited for this. I'm looking forward to it a lot because I had a lot of fun with the first Wonder Woman. I like the flavor, what they're going with, the 80s, the the character of Cheetah with Kristen Wiig. I want to see what that looks like. Um, Box office-wise, I do think this one could be a knockout. This could be close to the billion dollar mark like aquaman i I really do think that because people enjoyed the first wonder woman but it will depend on the reception and that for me is a little tricky just because we haven't really seen anything uh behind this movie and it feels so different even though it still has the same director patty jenkins um i'm gonna aim for somewhere in the 70 to 80 mark until i see a trailer uh but i think that's what will make or break it for me what about you austin I'm very nervous about this movie. I, I One of the reasons is because I, I heard that the footage was received, not in a mediocre way, but I, I had heard the footage is, it feels like a very different movie in tone from the first, which is fine if you can execute. Yeah. I'm just going to have to see a trailer, man. I have to see a trailer, but if I'm going to predict, I definitely think it's going to do fantastic <laughs> at the box office, but I think that billion-dollar number comes down to whether it's received well or not. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I see this more in the 60s and 70s than I do the 80s and 90s like the first. 
I'm very nervous, and okay. I don't know why. I'm just getting that weird feeling. I agree. But if it hits those numbers, if it hits the 80%, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's a shoe in for a billion dollars. I really do, just because the anticipation level is so high to see this character again, and the first one was so good uh, that I think a lot of people are going to really, really show up to the theater. But once again, it comes down to that that critic rating, man. Where, where is it going to be? Oh, I just yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That, I, I agree with you, but we'll see how that goes. Moving on from there, we have July 31st, 2020, Morbius. Sony is continuing on with their solo villain films, specifically in the Spider-Man universe, because, well, that's all they got. Um, this is going to star Jared Leto as the living vampire. Uh, I don't know too much about him. All I know is he's a scientist, took some formula, and in essence, he becomes a vampire-like creature with abilities. It also has Tyrese Gibson in this movie mm. as some sort of creature hunter, vampire hunter. We'll see how that goes. I don't expect this to get Venom numbers. Uh, Venom is sort of the Joker of Spider-Man. You know, that's just a character that's well-known, well-liked. People really wanted to see him. He got his own movie. Of course, people showed up, and it was fun for what it was. I had my issues with it. Morbius, I don't see there being that big of a draw for it, and... For that reason, my anticipation isn't that big for it because he's not one of my favorites. Also, the Spider Spider-Man technically isn't in this movie, as far as we know. Yeah. Sony tried pulling Tom Holland back, so he could maybe somehow be popped into this. Uh, so for that reason, I'm gonna say a low box office return. I'd say even lower than Ant Man numbers, in my opinion. It um, also critical reception wise, uh, I'm I'm thinking low, possibly rotten. On my end, uh, you Austin here for Morbius. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. I, this this one is another probably going to end up being better than Bloodshot, and I do think it could get you know three hundred yeah. million dollars top out. But I feel like this is going to be more of the horror crowd showing up to this movie because I think that's the tone they're going to go yeah. for, and I don't think a lot of people know that this character is associated with Spider Man, unless you're a, a hardcore Spider-Man? comic book fan. You know, it's according you're on right. how Jared Leto plays it. It's according on what the tone is. Don't see good box office. I see okay box office. Nothing like Venom. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see very good critic okay. reception. Maybe 60, 65 at most. I'm going to say it's going to end up in the 50s on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not looking forward to it all that much, but maybe a trailer comes out and completely changes my mind. But this is another one that I just, I think it's going to do, um, I don't think it's going to do all that well for Sony. I really don't. Mm, yeah. I, I agree with Charles. All right. Another one of Sony's, Venom 2, October 2nd, 2020. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Wow. Uh, directed by Andy Serkis, uh, bringing back Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. We're also going to have Woody Harrelson play Carnage. This one for sure is might be a wild card yeah. because there's a chance Tom Holland could somehow pop into yeah. this or somehow be integrated just because even though they extended the contract deal with Marvel yeah. – I think that's a setup for Spider-Man to end up coming over here in a smooth way where it doesn't affect the MCU as much. Even with that aside, Venom had a great track record. My anticipation for it is a little high because I'm curious what they'll do with this thing. I just want to see, especially with Carnage involved, there could be a chance they make this rated R because they see what Joker did and they're like, well, rated R doesn't hurt box office potential as much as we thought. Mm -hmm. Let's bite the bullet and see what happens and give them a Carnage people want. So there's that. Uh, Reception-wise, I think it's going to do about the same as the first movie did. Maybe slightly more just because I have a little more trust in Andy Serkis that he'll he'll give a good narrative and a, and a nice story for what they're doing. Yeah. 
uh, other than that, uh, this could be a wild card. I, I, it could go high or it could go real low. I think the footage will let us know. Austin? I uh, I have this weird feeling because I didn't like the first Venom movie all that much. I thought it was really sloppy. I don't blame you. I think this movie will do well critically and box office-wise. I don't okay. know why I have that feeling. As long as Woody Harrelson's not looking <laughs> at the camera and saying there will be carnage. Oh, I think this is one of With those... With that horrible wig. Yeah, oh my gosh. That Please, <laughs> shave your head, Woody. Or just don't wear the wig. Yeah, you don't just have shave, to shave your head. He's, he's bald. <laughs> Regardless, I, I think this is going to do great at the box office. I think it has a chance of hitting a billion dollars. I think this could be in the 60s, 70s critically. I really do. And that, that doesn't sound great, but the first movie got critically panned. Um, and I'm actually, I don't know why. I didn't like the first movie, but I'm looking forward to this movie. I, I think it could end up being good. So Venom 2, yeah, once I remembered it was coming out next year. Uh, Venom 2, I think the name of Andy Serkis being attached, while I don't think he's a phenomenal director, I think his first two movies have been good enough to warrant him bringing us on his triumphant piece of directing work that he's had so far. And I think Venom 2 could just be that. So I'm really excited for where they go. And I think they learn from their mistakes from the first one. Just make better script. Do better writing. Uh. Write good. That's all we got to do here. So I'm excited for it. (laughs) Yeah, no... No scenes of him jumping into a lobster tank, please. Just get rid of all that. All right. Um, And the final one, according to this list, that we'll have for next year, The Eternals. November 6, 2020. I I keep saying wild card, but this one, I think, for sure, because it's the new generation, I think, of the Guardians of the Galaxy and what that was for us when Guardians of the Galaxy was announced. I mean, if you remember that time when Marvel was on a roll with these great superhero movies and setting up the Avengers and out of nowhere, they're like, oh, we're going to bring in a talking tree yeah. and a talking raccoon yeah. set in space, no name actors. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody was in doubt. Everybody was like, Marvel is on fire. They've done it. They've killed it. It's kind of what people are saying now about the Eternals, but they didn't get no-named actors. They got great people. Come on, Angel. We have Brian Tariq Henry, other great stars involved. My anticipation is high just for a curiosity's sake, to see where this goes, even though general interest on the property, not that high. But just curiosity on what they'll do with it is high, if that makes any sense. Uh, Box office for this movie? It's hard, man, because it's a Marvel property, yeah. and it's also sort of new and original. And you think it being new and original, or maybe not original, but just a new thing that has the Marvel logo on it, they tend to do well. Guardians of the Galaxy did gangbusters numbers. Yeah. Captain Marvel also did good, and it was that new thing that just had the Marvel logo on it. This could break a billion, or it could just do $700 million, and Marvel would probably be happy with that. So... I'm going to go critical reception. I'm going to go high. I'm going to go 80 to 90 just because of the phenomenal cast they have. Angelina Jolie also in there. Salma Hayek. I think it's going to do well. So I'm curious to see this. Austin? I am so pumped for this movie. And I I mean, I can tell you why. It's the cast and, and it's the, just the epic yeah. scale of what I think this movie could be. But it's also the director, Chloe Zhao. Now, I think it all really rides on her shoulders can she take, can she move from The Rider, which is a small, tiny budget, beautiful film, but can she move from that into this giant blockbuster world and really, um, and really step up her directing game? And if she can do that, 
And I think she can. But if she can't do that, then I think this is going to do gangbusters critically. I think audiences are going to love it. I think it'll do very well at the box office. It will not go, I don't think it'll go 800, 900, uh, maybe 600, 700. But for a movie like this, one with a cast this stacked, you know, Joe Lee, Richard Madden, uh, Nanjiani, like you said, I mean, this, this cast is everything. And this could step up and be Marvel's next big property. And I really think if it delivers critically in that 90% range, which is what I'm expecting, uh, then, it could, then it could dominate. Oh, yeah. It could dominate 2020. So Eternals is probably my most anticipated comic book movie of the year. And that November release date gives me a ton of confidence because that's where they released Ragnarok, which critical appraisal, great box office. I see Eternals being right there. I completely agree with you, Austin. I think it'll do that for you. It's looking like a great year out of all these that I listed, if you can remember, <laughs> Austin. Which is your most anticipated? Which is your least? Most, uh, like I said, it's hard to put Eternals above properties that I know, but I'm going just off of curiosity. I'm saying Eternals. Least is um, is Bloodshot, just because with Morbi- Morbius, a very close yeah. second. Um, and then in terms of which one could come out and really surprise, I'm going to go with Venom 2. I think Venom 2 could be a huge surprise next year, but it could also fall flat on its face. So those are those are my <laughs> kind of my early predictions. We have to see trailers and all of these things, but this is exciting, man. How about yourself? I'm looking down the list. It's kind of hard. I think for me... I, until I see this trailer, it is Wonder Woman, my most anticipated, okay. to see what that'll look like. Of course, least Bloodshot. Just get out of here. Yeah, where I, I'm, yeah. I don't even know if I'll see the movie. <laughs> uh, wild card, like you were mentioning, I'm going to go with Birds of Prey. All right. I think Birds of Prey will do gangbusters. Yeah. I think DCU will find a real stretch in this R-rated category, and it's the biggest thing they could differentiate themselves from the Marvel Disney brand because yeah. – Marvel Disney ain't doing that anytime soon. Yeah. They say they're going to do it with Deadpool, and after the Joker, you know they're definitely going to do it, but this is uh, something that shows a little different flavor and things people like, so I'm going to go with Birds of Prey. I think it'll do good. I mean, Black Panther came out in February as well and did amazing mm-hmm. numbers because it was alone for a long time. I'm thinking the same for Birds of Prey. But uh, that is our list for 2020, guys. Make sure you let us know down below what your list will look like. Before we go, something popped up here, Austin, that we just talked about because I like to refresh before we close the show if there's anything interesting. The director of the Planet of the Apes movie came out just now and said it will honor Matt Reeves' trilogy. So it'll be a continuation of what we've seen. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Oh, I love this. I mean, we both said it. We both said we think it's going to be a continuation, and that's where it needs to go. Man, that's really exciting. I'm glad you mentioned that because now I'm just like, I'm looking forward to it even more now. I really am. Yeah, I am. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Caesar had two kids in the movies, right? And spoilers, one of them passes away, and the youngest one stayed alive, right? Right. That's that's your movie right there is the youngest son having to fill those shoes of what his father was and continue the society. That's where I think it should go. But the fact that they're honoring it, that's good, Disney. I'm very happy because we don't need another reboot. So it's a continuation. I'm on board. But we'll end it off there, guys. Another great episode of Film Strippers. At least I do think so, in my opinion. Uh, you guys can find me at youtube.com slash 3C Films or on Twitter at 3C Film Review. Really want to thank my co-host, Austin Burr, for being on here. Austin, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on YouTube, Austin Burke, Twitter and Instagram, at The Burkinator. Bring back Maurice the Orangutan in Planet of the Apes. That's what I want. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, wait, is that wait is that bad ape or which ape was that one? That was like the big. I'm. Pr- well, it was an orangutan, right? The big, huge one that always. Went, oh, oh, that one. Okay. No, I, I want. <laughs> I want Bad Ape, the one whose name was Bad, bad Ape. ape. He was like, "Why are you called Bad Ape?" Because my owner would say Bad Ape. <laughs> yeah, I love that character. <laughs> That's yeah. that. It's hilarious. But anyways, we'll see you guys on the next one. Adios. Bye.